0: Tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Okay, I'm down here on the convention floor for YumaCon 2018, bringing back a guest that we've had on before, right. Orlando Harding. Last time we, we talked to you, we were talking more about FantasiaCon. Right that came in past this
1: year it did uh how, how did it go it went very well yeah we had over a thousand people show up to it which was actually pretty cool for a second year show and that was not the biggest marketing that we we didn't have the biggest marketing budget but it was really good uh, we had a lot of talented people come out our biggest guest was kevin eastman uh co-creator of the teenage mutant ninja turtle he brought his whole crew out there we also had tony fleeks my little pony mm-hmm. Jay photos mm-hmm. uh, 68 Zombie. I mean, we had so many. Uh, Larry Houston, uh, the producer of the X-Men animated series. Larry
0: Houston, that was amazing to see him there. Because you you invited us to come, and we got to cover the event, and it was was a great time, and we thank you for that.
1: Oh, you know, I'm just glad you guys came. That's the whole thing. I want the community Mm -hmm. to come, you know? The smaller shows, I think, personally, are the best shows because you can sit down and talk, and you can do... Whatever you can, usually at the larger shows you can't do because of security or just too many doggone people. Right. So it was just fantastic. Um we and it was just, you know, uh Janisha Adams Ginyard. That was incredible. Black Panther. I mean, you know, uh one of the door Melages. I mean it was just cool. (laughs) And it's so funny. Janisha lives right around the corner from me and I had no idea she got in contact with us she found out about the show and got in contact with us so it was absolutely fantastic
0: so uh, one of the people that I got to meet was a Childhood hero of mine was uh, Peter Navy. Uh, Two S- sofo yes, Get out of here!
1: Sofo. Oh, that's my man.
0: peace my man, dude. I watched Necessary Roughness so many times. Made me want to be a professional football player. Like I never got to, got to play football, but like he was the I. Mali Mali, yeah. I, I was always the fat <laughs> kid, and he got. To, he was the he was the overweight guy that got with Kathy Ireland. I was like, come on, that that's my dream right there. And getting to talk to him and take a picture with him was, it that that almost broke me that day, dude.
1: That, that was is amazing. That is, oh, I'm, it just makes me happy. <laughs> because, you know, I know there are all kinds of stories that happen at Fantasia, stories you'll never hear. You just telling me that is just another story that I just love to hear. Peace, my man. I mean, and I wanted to get him there before Mayans, uh, Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> Mayans took off yeah. because I knew that was coming. Now it's hit now, so he's going to be a whole lot more popular and <laughs> demand to go on the show. Stuff. But Pete's a personal friend of mine. That's we amazing. hang out. Um, you know, Pete also lives, lives, lives out here in Yuma. That's I where I met him. I, you know what?
0: I knew that he lived here, never met anybody that knew him, but I just, and I didn't want to see him a creeper or anything, but like, seeing him there in person, I was just like, I had to stop him, I had to say something I told him, I was like, hey, we're a podcast based out of Yuma, you know, if sometime I can contact you to, to talk, you gave me his email just right there, I was like, this is perfect
1: Pete is the most down-to-earth dude I mean, we used to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and just hang out there and <laughs> eat, eat wings and watch NFL football over at Buffalo Wild Wings out here in Yuma, so I mean, Pete is the most down-to-earth dude you ever want to meet.
0: That is crazy. That is amazing. And it's so
1: funny. We stayed in the same hotel for even for Fantasia. I got a hotel room myself, so I didn't have to drive as far. Mm -hmm. And we were just out in the jacuzzi. And I called Pete up. uh, You know, we weren't doing anything. It was just my wife. And I said, hey, Pete, what you doing? He was like, man, just up here watching TV. I said, man, come on down to the jacuzzi. (laughs) He came on down. We sat out there and talked in the jacuzzi. It was windy as can be. But, you know, (laughs) we're in Palm Springs, which is just like humans, it Uh was hot wind. Uh And we just hung out for about another hour, hour and a half. And then went to the and that was on Saturday night of Fantasia. And then we met up on Sunday, he did his thing, and then we closed the show down. So yeah, that I mean was, that's so good to hear.
0: That is so awesome. Yes. So I I, I definitely wanted to talk about oh that. Oh my goodness, that
1: is fantastic. <laughs> so,
0: okay, uh, any any plans for FantasiaCon next year yet? You know like, what that we can talk we're,
1: about? Yeah, no, not yet. Okay. Not yet. I'm still working on some stuff. Uh, we're still trying to figure out. Um, it was, you know. May was a difficult month Mm -hmm. to do Fantasia. Um, Just like Yuma, uh, doing a show on Palm Springs, you got to do it before June. Yeah. You got to do it before June, or you might as well forget it and wait until after (laughs) after the summer. (laughs) And with Fantasia, doing it in May, it was just tough because we have Coachella, Mm. we have Mother's Day, and we have Free Comic Book Day. Yep. And so it only leaves very few weekends where we can hold a show. So in the end, I'm actually considering pushing the show back to later in the year because I can't do anything in April. I can't do it. Coachella takes up everything in all of April. Then there's stagecoach. And then there's stagecoach. Right. The other big country western thing. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult. So I was left with Mother's Day. And of course, Mother's Day, not everybody does something with mom for Mother's Day. But it's just not the best day to have part of that weekend the best weekend to have a show right exactly. i can't go into june at all because we're gonna hit 110 degrees in june there's no no point in doing that so i'm actually (laughs) talking about doing a show actually later on in the year as where we can have some cool weather and i don't have to worry about all these other events going on to compete with so we can get more fans to fantasia
0: i you know what i I, it sounds great i think you know it's a good idea later in the year maybe you're gonna get, get the cooler weather and yeah People out there relaxing, maybe coming up towards on the uh, the, the holiday season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, running the convention, mm-hmm. was
1: there any
0: surprises that came up this past year?
1: You know, no, no real surprises. You know, it's just um, uh, you want to put on the best show that you can. It's tough with all the shows and conventions out there now. Uh, there's a lot of competition, and we're not—we don't want our show to grow. We don't want 300 vendors here. That we never wanted that period, but to get 150, that's cool. We can do that, but we wouldn't want to get any larger than that. The the uh, the Riverside County uh, Convention Center—not uh, the convention center, the uh, fairgrounds, uh, fairgrounds center, uh, Full and Water Auditorium was almost full with all the vendors that we had. We oh, had yeah. some really, really quality vendors there, some really cool stuff there, and people, some people did well, some people didn't do so well. So you're never going to have a show where everybody's happy. Right. There, and that's one thing I've learned about doing this show. It's only our second year, no matter what, there's going to be somebody complaining about something. <laughs> you got to deal with all these personalities, all these attitudes, the divas, mm-hmm. all the divas of the show, you know, You've done really nothing, but yet you want to be. You want a free hotel. You want free this. You want free <laughs> that. I mean, I'm, let me tell you, I'm keeping it real. And so, uh, some people. I'm just being honest. Uh, the the biggest surprise is some people I wouldn't have at the show again because just because of their nasty attitude. You know right. that that happened. But most people, just like the story that you gave, I love hearing these stories. I love the great things, but sometimes the negative outweighs the positive. <laughs> so, I was really happy about that, and even now. I'm sure you heard the news. Uh, San Diego Comic Con sued Utah yeah. for the, the name Comic Con. Right. So we we're gonna have to deal with that. We gotta figure out what the deal is with that. It's really sad that the comics community or Comic Con community is suing another show over the name Comic Con, but it, it's the reality of the situation. So yeah. we'll we'll have we'll have to see see what we're gonna do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was that was an interesting story to come out of come out of that, and then. I think there was there was someone else that was, I don't know. It, yeah, it's just it, I guess that, that's a, a good question. Like in that community of you know, right? How is do you do you have communication
1: with other conventions like at all the, with the other some, uh, runners? Yeah, some some uh, we all know about each other. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not even about competition or anything no. like that. It's really not. It's a whole community. But let's be uh, our show's a little bit different. the uh, reason, only reason I'm saying is. I'm in the business. Right. You see me here, I have a booth, you see my books. I'm in comics. Mm-hmm. Other guys who have shows, they're strictly there to make some money. They had a, hey, let's put on a show, let's try to make this money or anything like that. So there's a different approach to it. It's all, a lot of times, about the money. Now, money is important because you need money to put on a show. But, you know, some of the things that they have, you know, where they're charging fans 60, 70, 80 bucks to get in and get a special Stan Lee signed this or what have you. We just had our show, we want some quality guests there. We don't want to price anybody out. Uh, If you got your tickets online, you got in the show for 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you know, no 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks for VIP packages (laughs) and this and that. We just want a quality show. Anybody who wants to sit and talk to Kevin Eastman was able to do it on our show, get whatever they wanted to sign, and he was doing sketches. He did all kinds of stuff, which Kevin and his wife, Courtney, were absolutely, they were oh, just, yeah. they were fantastic. They were great. I mean, I got so many people who got stuff from Kevin and everything, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no crazy security there saying, hey, you can't come over here, you can't speak to him. You got 10 seconds to take a picture and get the heck up out of here. <laughs> it was it was where more, more, more people could relate to their, their, the people they appreciate, their work they appreciate, and they could actually hang out. And just like you with Peter, you know, you mm-hmm. got to go over there and talk to him at a larger show. You may not have even been able to do no. that. Or they could have had security over there say, sir, you need to move along. We've we we got to keep this line moving. And that's what I love about Fantasia, that it was much more on a lower level, but we still had quality there.
0: Yeah, that's, I wanted to say was one of the great things about FantasiaCon is that, not to put down any other cons or what? anything, but there was comic book stuff. It was, there was a lot of comic yeah. like You had great artists that were sitting there You know, doing commissions right. and, and selling their 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 pictures and stuff like that and, and, I mean, other cons do that too But, like, a lot
1: of them don't anymore You don't see that there You, you don't know, see the people It is the craziest thing for me I mean, just like we have in Ryan Kincaid there mm-hmm. I mean, Ryan Kincaid mm-hmm. Great artist, does all these fantastic covers and everything He did so many sketches Did so many things Having Tony Fleek's there You know what I'm saying? I mean, these are guys who just, you know, that they were approachable. You can get with them. You can pretty much do whatever you want. I got a, a couple of stores who got stuff afterwards. They got in contact. They met them at Fantasia, and they sent them stuff afterwards after the show was over. And it's just, it's just uh, in the end, that's what it's supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. That's really what's about to, about to sit about to t- talk about comics talk about everything all of that stuff you know not a big hollywood presence there or anything like that but just again something for the fans it's about the fans fan
0: getting to interact with the creator there
1: you go yeah there you go
0: which is awesome about your your
1: booth here you're so
0: approachable and you know you you got your work out here and let's talk about that a little bit you know what what is
1: what's going on with uh red riding hood well red Red riding hood we're on we are on pause a little bit right now for Red Riding Hood. Okay. Some pretty positive stuff is happening. Uh, within the next 60 days, uh, Red Riding Hood will be shopped around as a television series. All right. We're being represented by a, literary, a pretty decent literary agency, and they really like Red Riding Hood. And along came Night Stalker also, where it's being considered for a feature film. By the same literary agency. That's awesome. We already got a a writer who's supposed to be waiting on the contracts to get signed. The contracts have already actually been sent. We just have to rearrange a couple of things in them. I think we have an excellent shot. I had no idea, even when talking about pitching RRH as a series, how many people, how many organizations or businesses were trying to get into that. I mean, uh, so when they were bringing the ones that we're going to approach... Facebook was brought up. I was like, "Why do we approach Facebook? They're coming out with their own original yeah, content." They are. There's something called YouTube Red, which I've, I've never heard of. I don't, I'm not the t- biggest tech person, so we said YouTube Red. I was like, "What is that? I know what YouTube is, but not YouTube Red." And we were gonna hit YouTube Red. Hulu it's changed to YouTube Premium now. Oh, is that what it is? Just YouTube Premium. You, yeah, okay, so okay. But fair enough. And and you know, Hulu, Amazon, Netflix. There is uh, a plethora. Of I mean, there's just a ton of, and with streaming and everything. So I think. Uh, our chances actually will be pretty good. I think we got a good shot and if they were to uh, option RRH that, I think that would be fantastic. In the end we all want to put as so much quality stuff but if we can get take anything to the next level and we're all starving artists here you know mm-hmm. we're not getting paid big nope. dollars or anything but if we can get a nice little payday to make us a little bit more comfortable uh-huh. and what we're doing hey I'm all for that because in the end that allows me to get out there more and interact with the fans even more because it's tough you know with a budget when you have a small budget and you're with a small independent company
0: so when creating red riding hood uh did you have a particular actress in mind
1: you know what honestly no no honestly i didn't have no i just wanted to create a quality book okay Uh, i just wanted to create a quality book the actors that are they are talking about, which I can't obviously say. Right. You don't <laughs> I, say I, I cannot yet. say. Yep. Um, she is. She would be a good fit. She, awesome. she would definitely be a good fit. She's very, very well known, and we'll see what happens. But they said we have to have all our ducks lined up before we can even approach her. Mm-hmm. And I think they said it's a very good chance she would she would go for something like this, especially with the legend of Red Riding Hood. Uh, but the caliber actress that she is, they said, we got to approach her team. We have to go through her manager, do all of this stuff. And it's interesting. So they want to have uh, the RH packaging done correctly before they could even do it. And that included a showrunner to run the show. And we just got that last week. We got, we confirmed a woman who's going to, she's agreed to be the showrunner so they can present this to this actress when we're ready to, to do that. And that's probably going to happen, I'm guessing, within the next 30, 30 to 60 days. So I'm pumped. So let's, let's see what happens. Is, is, is the, the name of the showrunner still under mum, too? Is it still yeah, under and, and, Yeah, because Everything, you know, you know, yeah, everything's under wraps wrap. 60 days. Yeah, for at least another 60 Fair days until, until contracts are signed. But everything's been verbal. Okay. Uh, this has been agreed to, this has been agreed to, this has been agreed to. So now we have to just, you know, get the legal uh, lettering, right. dot the I's, cross all the T's, and make sure everybody's on the same page. There's no... Misinterpretations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I understand how that could happen. Yeah,
1: and we can, we can, and we can move forward. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to hear about that. Maybe oh yeah, I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> uh, it's Night Stalker then as a movie.
1: Yes, same uh, literary agency. With Night Stalker as a movie, and I know this is one thing I've actually spoken to the guy they wanted to write the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just went on a contract for that too. So we, they felt good enough where we can actually get in contact with each other, speak to each other. Talk about what's going on, and he loved the concept of Night Stalker. Especially, um, it's really, it's really weird. Um, they were a bit cautious mm-hmm. about taking on Night Stalker. Let's just keep it real. Uh, color makes a difference. <laughs> Race does matter. And they were like, well, an African-American character, female, we'll have to see what the reaction is. And of course, uh, they used to always use that until Black Panther came out. Right. And became the number one, number two movie of all time. <laughs> of all time. So you can't really use you that. Oh, no, they, all. They, they won't go to a black a black movie. <laughs> but this is where the sophistication is of our audience now. Nobody considered Black Panther, even though it's Black Panther, a black movie. Right. It was just a good movie. It it's was. It's a quality movie, you know? And so, so our our rep from literary agent agent called us last week and then he was like Carlano you know we're getting really good feedback on Night Stalker there's nothing out there like it uh, with an African American female protagonist secondly which I was actually surprised they said another boost was Crazy Rich Asians I said, Crazy Rich Asians? <laughs> I said, well, what does that going to do with Nightstock? They said, they're seeing, they're really seeing after what happened with Crazy Rich Asians, which did very well in mm-hmm. the box office, mm-hmm. that
0: <laughs> themes
1: through, like, with minority characters as a central focus <laughs> of the plot can sell. People will go to see it and right. support it and you can make very good money from it. So with Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians... They said they felt comfortable enough to get me in contact with the, who they want to write *Nostalgia*. And I started, they said, "We're going to go for it. Here. We're going to. We're, we're getting too much good feedback. We're going to green light it and, and go for uh, a spec script." So I was like, "Okay, cool." Me and the writer spoke. We've spoken about three or four times already, and we're just waiting for the contract to get signed so we can move forward on that.
0: Okay, so that that brings me to another thing—a little okay. bit of business talk or inside baseball. But as the creator of of both properties, how involved will they? have you be in
1: either the show or the movie the magic question yeah that is undetermined yet because you know i've asked that question i I assume you uh yeah that's one of my main questions i've asked because um the talk is they can uh probably have me as one of the writers Mm -hmm. if it were our R. H. were to get in the writer's room for the series and with night stalker it's still up in the air Mm -hmm. it's still up in there obviously
0: you're talking to the, the screenwriter right so your influence is there
1: Right, and I, I, they say automatically I get a creative credit, you know, as the creator and get all this. But I'm a writer, mm-hmm. and just because I write comic books doesn't mean I can't write a movie script or anything else. Obviously. And keeping it real, the way I feel, I'm probably a better writer than a lot of writers out there who are doing scripts, I, I, <laughs> who are doing movie I scripts. with some I, of the movies we see out there coming out there, it's very true. I very mean, true. so so, but it, a lot of a lot of the stuff is the, the politics of Hollywood. You know, they got one guy who's represented by them, so they want this guy to write it, and I could be twice the writer he is but since I'm not known and they want this guy to do it Mm -hmm. sometimes honestly you may have to take it in the rear end the first time around but if your project turns out to be a success then you have leverage for the next time around (laughs) so I'm like okay I may be able to have to take it in the rear end for the first time second time around I'm gonna make absolute (laughs) demands especially and I assume whoever's gonna do what is gonna do a good job Mm -hmm. but in the end just like they broke in in the writing, scripts and everything, I want to be able to do the same thing. And since this is my project, after the next go around, I think I should be able to get that opportunity. And I, and I think they'll, they'll, they'll I be think so. with it at least to assist in the writing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, that obviously makes the most sense. I and mean, why wouldn't you want the person that knows the insides and outs of the characters to be a part
1: of it? But you know what? This funny thing. It happens all the time. It really does. It really does. I remember I heard Mike Magnolia talking about Hellboy one time and they were asking about the Hell movie, Hellboy movie. And Mike Magnolia was like, the comic book is one thing, but the movie is a totally different thing. <laughs> the the movie people are going to do what the movie people do, and that told us he had really nothing to do with the writing or, or the direction of Hellboy and in, in the uh, the, the on screen adaptation, right. which was in the end, sad.
0: Yeah, that's that's very sad. That's, yeah. that's heartbreaking to hear hear a story right. like that. I mean, I, I feel, I hope, I feel like the you know the way comic book movies and comic TV shows are going this way you right. know, these these days. You, they would, ha- they would involve the creators a lot more, but who knows? I mean, I, mean, I don't know. You,
1: you know because you're... It engaged. only makes sense. It yeah. only makes sense, but Hollywood has a strange way of tra- traditions and doing stuff that don't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because of that approach where they've probably had a whole lot of failures. Um, you need fresh blood in there. You need fresh ideas. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, just because we're writing comics, don't we mean we have a lot of fresh stuff. Right. And they, t- you know, a lot of the... History has been. You do this is how a movie script is done, or this is how a series is done, you know. And then you got, and then you got My Big Fat Greek reading that blows that apart. You got Napoleon Dynamite that blows that apart. That isn't how the all movies and <laughs> right. series have to be done. This proves that. And people will just go see something they're interested in. I
0: Maybe mean, it's almost like there's a whole slew of an audience that they weren't talking, they weren't looking at before, and that was you know, you, you find that thing. And now you you found that pocket. You needed to, I don't know. Uh, you need to dig in it. Dig in you it. Find Thank that you. pocket.
1: You <laughs> dig in it. Plain is simple. <laughs> uh, any new projects? You know what? Could I am produce? working on a new book. Okay. I'm working on a new book right now, and it will. You know, I don't know. I got a thing with female female protagonists or whatever. It's going to be a new book with a Latina as the protagonist okay. in this book, and. Um, with Night Stalker, uh, Pariah, R.R.H., I held back a little bit. Some place I wanted to go, I couldn't go or wouldn't go just because I wanted to keep a certain audience. With this new book, I'm going to go go for mine. And I'm, it's going to be like Quentin Tarantino. I'm not going to leave it. I'm going to go. Uh, nothing is off the table. I'm going to put everything out there and see how it's reacted to it. And I think it's going to be fresh. Um, my wife who's my greatest critic has already i've already written probably about 40 pages of the story and she's like whoa this is cool <laughs> and she's digging where the story's going so far so you know we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens with it we'll see what happens
0: i like the idea i like the sound of that i mean i i guess uh, one of the, even though you know they're, they're different companies and stuff like that connected universe of yes. all your badass Women?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yep. awesome. Absolutely. Even Night Stalker, we've actually I've actually written um Probably about another hundred pages from Night Stalker. The second arc of the story, they're, they're already written. They're already uh, drawn. Mm-hmm. They're already colored. <laughs> the only thing we haven't done is print it on. Okay. And because we're waiting to see what happens with right. Tinseltown, everything's on hold just to see what happens. Because, of course, if work gets out that there's a deal or something like that, it gives us an opportunity to sell a whole lot more books than if we just do it right now.
0: So, yeah, it's obviously pulled
1: off. See what's going on let's, let's see what's going on Let, let's see what's going on so
0: then in the future a, a book that that has all all the the women together or
1: is that is that a, a possibility no, you know not something? all the women together but having small appearances okay because even with Night stalker and um, RRH uh, they actually appear in a scene together, and they're behind a wall together, and one's talking to the other one's. Uh, and I do I cross them in both the books. Okay. So there's a scene in Night Stalker when she's at a wall and she hear she can she's talking to Sydney from Red Riding Hood. And there's a scene in Red Riding Hood where Sydney's against that wall and she's talking to Night Stalker. So <laughs> the, they both exist in each other's in each other's world. So you can see where the paths cross. You can see where the paths cross. That's you can actually awesome. see where the paths cross. That's
0: amazing. Um, any other conventions? Like uh, last time I saw you was at uh, the Las Vegas Amazing Con.
1: Yes. Was so, any
0: other more conventions in your future? Um, oh, you know up? what?
1: Interesting. Las Vegas Amazing Con sounds like they have some competition, and they are putting a new con out there in Las Vegas oh, really? to compete with Amazing Con. I just talked to my guys uh, Matt and John Yuan, and they just brought it up to me today. Say, hey, we talked to the publisher, and the publisher is actually interested and uh, doing this other Vegas con. I said, well, we just did Amazing. They said, there's another show that's coming out there to compete with Amazing. I was like, are you serious? like, yep. So I was like, okay. I was like, okay, I'm with it. So,
0: I mean, is that probably the next one you're gonna be doing, is that one?
1: That, that That is probably the next one we're gonna be doing. Okay. And since we're talking here, I don't wanna be rude or anything like that, but I was trying to dig so you can see the cover of this new Latina book that I was oh, talking about. Oh, man. This is the cover of it right here. Uh, can I describe it? No.
0: <laughs> no, okay. Well, when everybody else gets to see it, it's gonna be pretty amazing. It's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful yeah. artwork. So
1: Yeah. And this this is her. And you can see, I'll tell you this, what's written on her chest.
0: It says which. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's that's amazing. Um, all right, so Where's uh, some other places that everybody can find you social media-wise?
1: Oh, man. Just look up Orlando Harding on social media. My avatar will be Night mm-hmm. and the Hellion Azrael sitting right there. Uh, you can always email me at fantasiacomicon at gmail.com or go to the fantasia fantasiacon.com website. I can always be reached there.
0: All right. Thank you. That's That was, you know, thank you for sitting down with me. Oh, obviously. I'm just,
1: I love it. I mean, this is what, this is what it's all about.
0: And, and, you know, being a return, so, you
1: know, get to talk to you again and catch up. I, I mean, this is the, fun, the most fun thing for me. You know, it's crazy for me where you hear some people who've made it or what we consider making it. And I hear through people who know these guys who, you know, making it, they're making all this money and they say they hate going to shows. <laughs> They hate talking to the fans. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> that's what we're here for. This is where we—they—they they hate people saying how much they love their work and everything like that. Are you, that's what we—that's what I, we're here I for. Mean, at the very least, you should like someone saying they love your work. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and sometimes I, what I've heard is that sometimes all they do is talk about the television show. Yeah, but if it wasn't for your book, there wouldn't be the television show. So either way it goes, the so you have the source material. So you need to be happy about that. But for whatever reason. They don't want to be. I wish I had their problem. Oh yeah, because I love talking it's to the good fans. Have. As fan, I've had so many fans come back from last year. Is this new book out? What's happening with this? And I have to tell them, you know, we're working on this now. And I tell them I, that I have no problem telling them. I said we're considering, we're being considered as a television series. So everything's on hold until we find out what happens with that. And so I appreciate you, anybody, just taking an interest and <laughs> in doing anything that we're doing here because we're supposed to be here for the fans and we're supposed to love the the art of creation right you know i mean you should have started off as a fan right absolutely yeah I absolutely mean, anybody
0: that's create that that takes the time out to create something like this has right. to have been a fan at, I mean, at yes. first
1: i mean yes and you know 40 50 hell maybe 10 year from now, Orlando Harding is not going to be here. I'm going to be dead and gone and dust. But you know what? These books, they'll they'll still be here. That's right. They'll be in somebody's garage, somebody's basement, somebody's comic book box, or somebody's comic book store. And they're going to be like, hey, who was Orlando Harding? And they get a little piece of me. And this will be, for my ancestors, 100 years from now, there will be, you know, if I every couple of years they still find a new superman number 1 somewhere they find it in somebody's garage or some 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 bin that they had no idea you know and this book is from you know almost almost 100 years ago now mm-hmm. and that's going to keep happening so i hope you know 40 50 60 100 years from now they're finding RRH number 2s and 3s or 1s or whatever and nightstalkers and you know and I leave a little piece of me back behind, and hopefully my ancestors, you know, my great-grandchildren, or great-great-grandchildren will be like, hey, that was my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Orlando Harding, and he did RRH, and they have a little pride in that fact, you know? He created this.
0: I'm a part of this. <laughs> yeah. So this is Geekly Radio on the convention floor of YumaCon 2018, saying always remember to... Geek Out! We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.